Welcome everybody to another Wealthy Podcast. On this episode, we dive into one of my TikTok live events. I do these every Friday at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you have the time and you're available, we'd love to see you at one of those live events where I can answer some of your questions too. Enjoy the episode. Question around where, where are rates and, and where are rates going and, and stuff like that. Um, for me, it's, it's about why do interest rates go up? You know, there, there's a reason why interest rates go up and there's a reason why interest rates go down. And, um, you know, it, it's like everything else. If, if you go and speak to a, a great a sports psychologist or occupational uh, therapist, they'll tell you if you have pain in your body, there's pain there for a reason. And, um, you know, if there's pain in the economy and if there's pain uh, through interest rates, there's pain there for a reason. And the reason why interest rates are going up um, is two reasons. One, we're coming off zero. Uh, so when something is at zero, um, you know, every time it rises, the magnitude of rise is great. So we're coming off an artificial level where interest rates were reduced to zero because we went through lockdowns and everything shut down. So that's point number one. Point number two is interest rates uh, are rising because the economy is really hot. Uh, the jobs market's really hot. Um, it's, it's never been easier to get a job. Uh, jobs and salaries are going up um, and the price of everything is going up. So when the price of everything goes up, that means because the overall economic activity, things are quite good. And when things are quite good, rates go up to try to moderate that so that you don't get in a situation where the, you know, things blow out of proportion and it's uncontrolled and it leaves people behind. So that's why interest rates are going up. So they're, interest, they're rising interest rates really to stop people spending, to, to moderate people's um, exuberance, to bring in the spending, to slow down inflation. Um, do you think that what they're doing is enough? And do you think that, you know, that it's enough to sort of curb inflation or, or, or do they need to be a much more aggressive than what they currently are? And, you know, I guess the other thing is interest rates, the only mechanism for the slowdown because some people would argue that you know just because we're rising interest rates doesn't mean it's going to fix supply chains and whatever else is causing these, these um, problems with inflation um so i believe one that they'll get it under control um so yeah inflation will be brought back and it might take a little bit of time it might happen sooner than expected i actually happen i actually think it's going to happen sooner than expected right i'm one of the exceptions out there everyone thinks that they're going to keep raising it's going to take a long time blah 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 i actually think that this time next year we'll be talking about very very different things right so yeah i think that inflation is under control uh, and if they increase rates a little bit more um in the overall context it's not about what rates are today as an investor it's not about what rates are today. It's about where rates go into the medium and long term, right? Because rates can always rise and fall, but that shouldn't really dictate your investments. Uh, the, the medium or the long term should dictate your investments. So, yeah, I think that, you know, we've gone from zero. That went from 2% to zero. And now we're back to 2%. We might go up to 3%. I think we'll settle at about 2 or 3%. Um, how high can they go? I don't think we'll, we will see a situation where they're going to go much higher than cash rate 3%. The reason why I say that is because a lot of the things that are causing inflation have already started to come back, yeah? So if you have a look at oil prices, 
uh, they've actually come down from about 140, 150 to just under 100 bucks. If you have a look at a lot of the supply constraints out of China, they're actually alleviating, they're getting better. So, um, you know, shipping rates out of China are starting to come down drastically. If you have a look at employment, the jobs market's been really hot. That's because a lot of people left, yeah? So a lot of people during COVID, during the pandemic left, um, and um, there's going to be more migration. People are getting back into the tune of things. Uh, those that lost work and left the jobs market might come back into the jobs market. So a lot of the things that are causing pressure, you know, um, are actually starting to improve slightly. And every time rates go up, it helps with that. So um, I actually think that we'll see rates 2 or 3%. But here's the thing. It, it doesn't actually matter what rates are today or tomorrow. Uh, the point I want to make is that if you're an investor, um, if you're an investor, you've got to think about what rates are in the medium to long term, not what rates are necessarily in the short term, because that's what dictates your investment returns. Yeah, it's a good point. And look, one of our commenters here saying, you know, we are talking as if we know what we're saying. Um, can we just elaborate a little bit on some of those points that you mentioned there? Because for some people, I've got a plane going over me, so excuse the noise. But this is just a sign that, you know, things are opening up. Um, how does, you know, why are you pointing to oil prices and, and the cost of transport in China and these kind of things when you're talking about inflation? It may seem overly simplistic for the people in here that don't know the the relationships between, say, energy prices and inflation. This is a little bit of macroeconomics or, you know, some economics 101. Um, so for those that genuinely want to know and those that, you know, are genuinely asking questions because they want to know and not just being smart asses. To the smart asses, I'll say that, you know, <laughs> probably a good time to leave because this isn't for you. Um, you know, go watch something else on TikTok. But if you generally want to know why those things impact inflation, it's because, you know, energy feeds into everything. Yeah, so energy feeds into food, the way our food's transported, uh, the way we build houses the way that all products and services get to us. So that's quite like a, a basic thing that whenever oil and energy prices go up, businesses pay more and consumers pay more to fire up their cars, fire up their homes and, you know, just everything, everything in life. Um, so that's, you know, that that's that. Um, jobs, at the end of the day, um, the job market's very tight. Um, and when a job market's tight, people want more money, right? You've got to pay more rent, you've got to pay more on your mortgage. Uh, cost more to you know put food on the table and put gas in the car, so um, you know that's why there's pressure on on wages. So that's kind of like um, demand and supply 101. Yeah, and look what Peter said there is very true. I mean, during COVID, we lost about 200,000 or 300,000 people when they went overseas, um, and we weren't getting that amount. Normally, Australia receives about 300,000 migrants a year. We've only just really opened the borders and it's just starting to happen now. And with this migration to the country, it means that the, there's more people available to do the same job. So, for instance, in construction, there's a massive shortage of labourers, skilled workers, and the more people there are that can do that same job, that puts down the price of labour, which brings down the price of construction, and that brings down the inflationary pressure. So that's the, the simple... Um, the simple economics around that. Now, Peter, you keep on going back to what the long-term averages are and and 
you know, let's talk about that for a minute because you are right, you know, coming off a base of 0%, then 1% is, um, you know, it's infinitely more than zero. So it looks like it's massive. But what do you anticipate the long-term average to be and what's giving you some of these indications that the, the global economy is pricing in, you know, more stability? So I think it's very important for people not to freak out at the moment because rates are going up, but the expectation is that they're going to go up for a little bit and then moderate, right? So just as we had an extreme decrease, we're having an extreme increase, but this is like cushioning things out. So like, let me give you best an analogy, simple analogy. Paying 10 bucks for lettuce isn't going to last forever, yeah? Um, or, you know, the, the stuff that you saw during uh, the pandemic where things were really cheap, they had to give them away because, you know, there was no demand. You know, there's, these are extremes in the market. And so interest rates uh, don't really trend in extreme ways. Interest rates sort of go up and down and then they go to what's called the medium term trend. So if you're an investor, the thing is, you know, everything that I'm saying here is, is in the prism of an investor, right? So if you're an investor, you've got to think, that there are two ways you make money as an investor. Uh, so you can buy something and sell it. Yeah, that's called capital gains. Uh, or you can buy something and generate an income from that thing. And so it's very important as an investor to understand that your income is actually going up when rates and inflation is, uh, are going up. And um, you know, you watch the income, watch what's happening to rents. Rents are, are rising massively in, in the East Coast. You know, Melbourne apartment rents are up 40% compared to the same period last year. Sydney rents are up. Um, I've just bought an investment property and um, the expected return I'm gonna get is above what I, what, what, what I forecasted. It's a lot better than, they're telling me a lot better than what I thought. So yeah, as an investor, those things offset rising rates, but in the medium term, um, you know, as rates start to moderate, rates, rates will always go towards how much that your economy is growing. Yeah, so um, if your economy is growing by two or 3%, that's a good indicator of where you can expect the cash rate. If your economy is shooting the lights out, you're a young economy, you know, um, or you're in a high growth market, then rates are going to be higher. And if you're a boring old economy, like Japan, for example, rates are going to be down to zero or 1%. So where rates goes depends on the growth of your economy and how strong your economy is.